Hello, and welcome back to Technique Only. This episode is going to be a little bit about instrument math, specifically talking about radials and arcs, the transition between the two, and we'll finish up with some easy time speed distance calculations. All right, so the very first thing I want to start with is the math for a radial to an arc transition. It is the simplest math problem that we'll probably do. It is 0.5% of your ground speed. So when we're doing these problems, it is your ground speed that matters, not your indicated airspeed. And of course, you'll have to look at your ground speed indicator on your PFD in order to make these calculations. So figuring something like what 0.5% of your ground speed is sounds challenging, but you simply can take 1% of your ground speed and then cut that in half. So if you're doing 150 knots, 1% would simply be 1.5, and 0.5% would be 0.75. Now, of course, the plane doesn't give you that many decimal points, so in this case you would use 0.8, but the easy math for what 0.5% of your ground speed is at 150 knots is 0.8. So if you were transitioning from a radial to an arc, you would simply take 0.5% of your ground speed. If your ground speed is 160 knots, the answer is 0.8. If it's 140 knots, it's 0.7. 200 knots would be 1.0 and so on and so on using, of course, your ground speed. So what this means is if you were to transition from a radial to an arc, let's say you were doing 150 knots and you're using 0.8, well, then 0.8 DME prior to the DME you are trying to arc at, you would simply start your standard rate turn to join that arc and get that green needle over on the 90 degree benchmark. So the math can be pretty easy. Just Figure out what 1% is and then divide that by 2. And make sure while you're doing it that you're using ground speed, not your indicated airspeed, because they could be significantly different in the presence of winds. When we start talking about getting off of the arc and joining a radial, we now have to include one more piece of information, and that is basically how many radials there are per nautical mile. And the way to do that is to divide 60 by your DME. So let's say you were on the 10 DME arc and you needed to figure out a lead radial. In this case, you would take 0.5% of your ground speed and let's say it's 150, which you know is equal, as we mentioned before, to 0.75 or 0.8 in the case of our display. And now you need to divide 60 by DME. So 10 DME, 60 divided by 10 is 6. And now you multiply those two numbers together. So 6 times 0.8 is something around 5. And in this case, your lead radial would be about 5 radials prior. So if you were trying to intercept, say, the 360 radial inbound and you were doing a right-hand arc, well, then at the 355 radial, you would begin your standard rate turn to the right to join the radial inbound. And in order to see this more closely, you would simply use the little white open dots on the CDI. Of course, the furthest one is 10 radials, the middle one is 5. So when the deviation indicator hit that middle open dot, meaning you are on the 355 radial, then of course you would begin your turn and track the radial inbound. Okay, so radial to arc is 0.5% of your ground speed take 1%, cut it in half, 
and you'll have the answer quite quickly. Going from an arc to a radial, you still need to do the 0.5% of your ground speed calculation, but now you need to multiply it by 60 divided by DME. So to be good at that, you probably want to spend some time dividing 60 by easy numbers. 60 divided by 15 is 4, divided by 10 is 6, divided by 20 is 3, and then multiplying those two numbers together to get the lead radial calculation that you need. Now, let's say your ground speed is particularly high or you're flying at a slightly faster indicated airspeed, something like 180 or 200 knots for whatever reason, and you are unable to maintain a standard rate turn. Of course, in the instrument environment, we don't want to go over 30 degrees angle of bank, so we may be flying speeds that at 30 degrees angle of bank, we're unable to maintain a standard rate turn. And in that case, the math changes just a little bit. We are now going to use a half standard rate turn, but the math is simply 1% of your ground speed. So if you are doing 200 indicated and you have a tailwind of 20 knots and your ground speed is 220 knots, then of course you would take 1% of that, which is 2.2. And then you would use a half standard rate turn instead of a standard rate turn to join that arc. Now, if your ground speed was 220 knots and you were coming off of the arc onto a radial, let's again say the 10 DME arc, 60 divided by DME is six. And now if your ground speed is 220, you multiply your six by 1% of 220, which of course is 2.2, and your lead radial becomes six times 2.2, which is about 13 which means in this case, you would use a half standard rate turn starting 13 radials prior to the radial you wanted to head inbound on. Okay, so that's how to do radial to arc math and then arc to radial math and also when to use the 1% rule. Okay, now I wanna talk a little bit about how to do some quick time speed distance calculations. For ease of use, pilots can do really quick math to figure out how fast they are traveling. And oftentimes it's quite literally just dividing things by 60. So if we're flying 120 knots, we're doing two miles a minute. If we're flying 150 knots, we're doing two and a half miles a minute. 180 would be three, 240 would be four. And you can figure out several things in using this math. For instance, in a normal everyday hold, one minute at 150 knots is going to cover about 2.5 miles. So if you complete your no wind orbit on a VOR and you roll out centered up on the CDI and you're reading 2.5 miles, your inbound timing is probably going to be pretty close to a minute. If you roll out at two miles, you know that since you're covering two and a half miles per minute, your timing on the inbound leg is going to be short, probably indicating that you have a tailwind. So you can use these quick sort of rules of thumb to figure out how much time it will take to cover various distances. So if you have to travel 60 miles and you're flying 240 knots over the ground, you're doing four miles per minute, 60 divided by four miles per minute would be something like 15. And then you would know that it's going to take you roughly 15 minutes to get there. 
So, of course, this isn't mind-blowing, but it is just some of the quick time-speed distance calculations we do in the plane, and getting good at them will mean slightly more essay uh, to know how much time you have to do various things in the instrument environment. All right, that's it for this quick episode. I will see you guys on the next one.